Fishing Internet Radio, your source for learning more about fly fishing in cold water, warm water, and salt water. Hello, I'm Roger Maves, your host for tonight's show. On this broadcast, we'll be featuring Brian Flexig, and he'll be answering your questions on the lure of success, how passion turn into profit for a fly shop owner. This show will be 90 minutes in length, and we're broadcasting live over the Internet. If you'd like to ask Brian a question, just go to our homepage at askaboutflyfishing.com and use the Q&A text box to send us your question. We'll receive your question immediately, and we'll try to answer as many of them as possible on the show tonight. And while you're there, make sure you sign up to receive our announcements so you don't miss out on any of our future broadcasts. Just fill out the form on the right side of our homepage, and we'll let you know when the next live show will be. This broadcast is being recorded and will be available for playback on our website about 48 hours after the show ends. You can also find it on any of the podcast distribution sites like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. So if you have to leave early, you can return to our website or the podcast platform at your convenience and listen to the recordings at any time. If you're out and about on Facebook, Instagram, or X, we sure appreciate you sharing the podcast. And when you do, use hashtag Ask about fly fishing and hashtag fly fishing. In fact, if you do it right now, it'd be great while you're listening to the show, let other people know what we're doing out here. The content of this broadcast is copyrighted and the property of the Knowledge Group Inc. doing businesses ask about fly fishing. When we return, we'll be talking with Brian Flesh today. <laughs> Trouble with your name, Brian, <laughs> about the lure of success. Colorado River at Lee's Ferry is called by some the world's largest spring creek. It's massive, clear-running tailwater fishery that runs 15.5 miles from the base of the Glen Canyon Dam to the upper reaches of the Grand Canyon. At times, it gives the impression of being not one or two, but a series of parallel spring creek-like waterways. The fishing is great, and the scenery is gorgeous. Lease Ferry Anglers provides professional guide service to this outstanding rainbow trout fishery, as well as food and lodging at Cliff Dwellers Restaurant and Lodge. See for yourself why Lease Ferry is on every fly fisher's must-do list. Visit leesferryanglers.com or call them at 800-962-9755. That's leesferryanglers.com or call them at 800-962-9755. Before we introduce Brian, we'd like to let you know about the great prizes we have to give away tonight for our drawing tonight. We'll be giving away a one-year membership to Fly Fishers International, and a one-year membership to Trout Unlimited. Now, if you haven't registered yet for the drawing, you can do so now. Just go to our homepage at askaboutflyfishing.com and look for the link under Brian's section that says register for a free drawing. Click on that link, fill out the form, and we'll announce the winners at the end of the show. We'll also be giving away a Mad River hat and fly box courtesy of Brian, and he's offering that up tonight as a prize, which is fantastic. And so the way that you can get that Mad River Outfitters hat and fly box is to answer the question that I ask at the end of the show. And the question will be about something that Brian and I talk about during the show. And so if you're the first person to answer the question correctly, you'll win a Mad River's Outfitters hat and Flybox, courtesy of Mad River Outfitters. So type fast, you take notes, pay attention, and you might be the proud winner of one of those hats and fly boxes. Again, you'll be using that form on our homepage 
of our website at askaboutflyfishing.com. So it's the same form that you can ask questions in during the show. Use that when the time comes and be fast about it and hope you win the hat and fly box. Our guest tonight is Brian Flessig. Brian tied his first fly and caught his first fish on a fly rod when he was seven years old. Today, from his fly shop in Columbus, Ohio, which he founded in 1994, Brian outfits sportsmen, teaches classes, and guides groups on fly fishing trips to some of the world's best places to fish. He has been in the fly fishing business for most of his adult life. Brian is one of America's new generation of fly fishing personalities. He has been featured in a series of fly fishing instructional videos from Mad River Media, including the famous title, Carpin, with his good friend, Dave Whitlock. Regular guest appearances on popular television show, The Walker K. Chronicles with Flip Pallet, has made Brian one of the most recognized names and faces in Midwestern fly fishing arena. He is the author of Fly Fisher's Guide to the Mad River, Ohio's premier trout stream, he is, is active in many conservation activities and efforts to bring the sport of fly fishing to everyone. And he is also the primary host of the popular YouTube channel. Brian oversees the entire operations of Mad River Outfitters, along with his sister companies, Midwest Fly Fishing Schools and Ohio Fly Fishing Guides. He is very versed in many aspects of fly fishing and holds a special passion for saltwater. He served as the head guide at the Wilds for eight seasons and is passionate about largemouth on the fly. He also still finds time for a few days on the Mad River in his Sable River boat. Brian hosts many of the store trips, including the Amazon Peacock Bass Trip in January, the Labrador Brook Trout Trip in July, and the Slide-In Trip in August, and the New Orleans Redfish Trip in the fall. Well, Brian, welcome to Ask About Fly Fishing Internet Radio. Well, thanks for having me. It's really great to be here. Yeah, well, it's uh, exciting for me, too, and you know, I just read, yeah, your trip to the Amazon, which you just got back from, right? Yes. I'm still a little road weary. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was on five different airplanes starting on Sunday morning, and I got back about 7.30 p.m. Monday night. I think I slept for about 14 hours and then, of course, had to go to work yesterday and then again today. So I'm still tired, so forgive me for that. <laughs> You know, getting to the Amazon is harder than it used to be, and uh, but it's, of course, still worth it. And I think, you know, I was there for almost two weeks, and we had we certainly had the best trip we've ever had, that's for sure. We caught a lot of giant peacock bass. Yeah, and like we were talking about before the show, I'd asked you about the water levels down there, and they've been, you know, in the news as being low. But you said that made for just fantastic fishing, right? Well, it did. It, it presented some challenges, and it's presenting challenges for a lot of folks in the Amazon. And first and foremost, the people that live there are really, really in some dire straits in certain areas. Uh -huh. I mean, they can't get, you know, their whole lives depend on getting by boat from their villages to Manaus to get supplies, and they have to do that whatever it is, once a month, once every two months, and they can't get there. So it's it's really a sad situation. Although it is getting better and things are improving, but still there's a lot of people in the Amazon region that are in really bad shape right now. So in a way I kind of felt guilty, but then again, for fly fishing purposes, 
the water was the lowest we've ever seen it. It was made things challenging getting around the rivers, but what it did was the fish are just more concentrated. I mean, they're, the fish are all holed up in smaller areas, and it made it very, very accessible for fly fishing. And like I said, we had the best trip we've ever had. We caught more big fish than we ever have, and, of course, uh, the folks that follow us on social media can see that. And there's a lot more to come. We filmed a lot of video while we were down there. Cool, cool. Yeah, well, so sorry to hear about that for the uh, the local people down there. It's always sad in those countries to, to see them suffer. But, well, at least you brought some revenue to the area, too. I mean, we always spend money where we go to fly fish. So that's got hopefully helped somebody out. Let's dig in here. I just want to let everybody know that I did get some questions in talking, you know, fly fishing questions about techniques and fishing and so forth. And we're not going to be talking about that tonight. This is going to be a little bit different show. I've never actually done a show like this before, but, but we're going to dig into Mad River Outfitters and Brian's other businesses because he's been very successful and like one of the top three largest fly fishing stores in the country in the U.S. So that's saying a whole lot and his just years in the business as well but brian let me make sure i get this right you have a brick and mortar fly shop you have an e-commerce fly shop you have a fly fishing school you have a guide service and you have a travel service that's like five businesses right um that's did i miss that seems about right (laughs) yeah we have the uh We've got the shop, the brick-and-mortar shop where we go to work every day, and that's open to the public, of course, in Columbus, Ohio. And then, of course, the, you know, 96% of our business is through our website, so most of the business goes out the back door, not the front door. Ah. And then we have the Midwest Fly Fishing Schools. We have Ohio Fly Fishing Guides. We have Mad River Travel, and, yeah, that's about it. Not much. Not much. That's five separate <laughs> businesses for most people. Yeah, uh, not, yeah. not all under one uh, umbrella, but um, yeah, well, kudos to you. Well, you know, what What inspired you to start in the fly fishing industry in the first place? I know it, what, from reading your bio, you know, you started fishing when you were very young, but that doesn't yeah. always translate into a career with that, you know, so... No, it doesn't, and it's it's a really long story. I mean, we could probably make a whole show out of that, but um, <laughs> the condensed version is this. is I grew up in a family with my father, who was a musician, and my father is still a phenomenal piano player, and he also played the organ at church when I was growing up. And then my Uncle Bill, who I just spent – the week with in the Amazon. Bill was also a very well-known and prominent jazz musician. So I grew up with music, and they were also both anglers, as were my grandparents and my uncle on my dad's side. So it was always music and fishing. Hmm. And when I graduated high school, they did not offer a fishing degree in college. And, of course, in those days, you kind of had to go to college or else you weren't going to be anything. So I got accepted in the Cincinnati Conservatory of Music in the jazz program for guitar. I was a guitar player. 
And I studied jazz guitar for about two years. And at the same time, in Cincinnati, Ohio, where I was living and went to school, there was a fly shop that opened up. And it was 1989, and I was hanging out at this fly shop, and they asked me, they knew I fished the Mad River, which is our local trout stream, Spring Creek, and they asked me if I would be ever be willing to guide clients. And, of course, let's see, I was 19 or 20 at the time. And I started guiding for them, and then within about a year, the shop was sold. The new owner called me and said, hey, we need a manager. Would you be willing to come to workforce and be the manager of the shop? And at age 20, I became the manager of a fly shop in Cincinnati, Ohio. And I quit school because I realized that uh, basically the way I tell it is I realized that I was never going to make a living playing jazz guitar. Mm -hmm. Um, So I got into the next most lucrative business. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, for you, maybe not uh, a lot of people not. (laughs) Well, Uh, it it could be tough. Yeah. It took me about 32 years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was a yeah. it was a long time and a lot of hard work and uh, I lived in a studio apartment with a chocolate lab for you know, a long time and mm-hmm. uh, you know didn't have uh, there was many many years where Mad River Outfitters didn't make any money and I had nothing to speak for so it's been a long road but I'm glad I made the decision I've been able to live a really charmed life and accomplish a lot of things but it's taken a lot of hard work in many 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 years how did that um so you basically i mean you started you got your on the job training so to speak to to manage a fly shop which was great now how did that transition into your own business well the shop i was working for of course i don't want to say anything bad but it was just not really going anywhere And I kind of saw the writing on the wall that it was maybe not even going to survive, which it did not. And I remember calling my father, and I said, hey, Dad, this is what I want to do for a living. And my dad said, yeah, I think that you've found your calling. And I said, well, I said, you know what, I think we could open our own shop somewhere. And my dad supported me 100%, and he helped me out financially. And it just so happens that Columbus, Ohio, which is about an hour and a half from Cincinnati, Columbus, Ohio, was a wide-open market. I was working very closely at the time with the Orvis Company, and my rep at the time, his name was Dick Popst. Dick was a famous fly angler in his own right and had quite a few videos and wrote quite a few books, but Dick knew me, believed in me, and Dick said, hey, if Brian wants to open a shop in Columbus, Ohio, he can have it. He can have that market for and be an Orvis dealer in Columbus. And I think it was uh, October 1st of 1994, I quit this fly shop. I moved to Columbus November 1st of 1994, and we opened the shop December 1st of 1994. And my dad and I drove to Columbus. We looked around, found a spot. We built the store with our bare hands. We painted the place. We 
built the rod racks and put the carpet down and opened our doors December 1st of 1994 and never looked back. And, of course, at the time, (laughs) everybody said, you can't do it. You're going to fail. How can you open a fly shop in Columbus, Ohio? And, you know, I look back, and I understand it was quite challenging. And what was I? I was 24, 25 at the time. And, um, but I never, ever, and nor did my father, I never, ever doubted the fact that we would succeed. Just never crossed my mind. That's the attitude you have to have. I mean, there's no other attitude, right? (laughs) Right. No, if you doubt yourself and you doubt what you're getting into, then there's a pretty good chance you're going to fail. I never, ever thought twice about the fact. I never, and like I said, there were many years where I didn't make any money or hardly any money at all. But I never, there's never anything else that I wanted to do in my life and that there just wasn't a second option. So I had to find a way to make it work. So, I mean, your passion drove you, it sounds like. And you also, it sounds like you burned the boats after you went ashore, right? That old story of, uh, I forget who, one of the Spanish explorers burned the boats. They didn't have a choice but to go forward, you know. That's correct. um, Yeah. Yeah. No, there was no other option. There was, failure was not an option. And yes, of course, my passion. I mean, this is this is what I was made to do. Um, yeah. This was my passion. I did not want to work in a corporate job. I always said I would never put on a suit and tie and go to work. And also on that flip side, I also realized that I was never going to make a living playing the guitar or <laughs> yeah. the mandolin, which I also played a lot. And... It was just what I was meant to do. Yeah, and I right. For it. Yeah. Well, um, we need to take our first break here, Brian. But uh, when we come back, sure. we'll we'll dig more into your business and see how it's all come about. Sure. The Ugly Bug Fly Shop in Casper, Wyoming, has been serving fly fishers in Wyoming and around the world since 1983. Their selection of top of the line gear and a huge assortment of flies is one of the best in the land. All products are available in their fly shop and online. Looking for advice? Just give them a call, and their expert professional staff will help you with whatever you need. Visit the Ugly Bug Fly Shop today at UglyBugFlyShop.com or call them at 866-845-9284. Again, UglyBugFlyShop.com or call them at 866-845-9284. You're listening to Ask About Fly Fishing Internet Radio, and we're talking with Brian Fleshstig about the lure of success how passion turned into profit for a shop owner. Now, if you'd like to ask Brian a question, just go to our homepage, askaboutflyfishing.com, use that Q&A text box, and send us your question. Sorry I'm struggling with your name, Brian, but I've been taking Spanish for the past year. Well, it's not, it's not Spanish, Roger. It's what? It's not Spanish. No, I know. That's why I'm having trouble. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like uh, everything I look at now, I, I want to pronounce like a, the Spanish version of it, right? Because well, I just, so I, just hard got, I, I just got back from two weeks in Brazil, so everything I'm pronouncing is either Spanish Portuguese. or Portuguese. So yeah. uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's very German, and if you just say flesh, like the flesh of your skin, an ig, fleshig. 
Flesh ig. I'm trying to put that F in there, so that's the problem. Okay. No, Flesh ig. Flesh ig is easy. There you go. <laughs> Just let it roll off your tongue like it was. <laughs> yeah. And guess what, Brian? I'm German. <laughs> <In every case. laughs> I, I shouldn't have a problem with that, but uh, my name was changed a long time ago because it was, I think, I believe it was spelled M-E-W-E-S, uh, but pronounced Mavs or something in German. I don't know, but somebody changed along the way. But anyway, okay, sorry about that. <laughs> okay, Not moving right along here. I'm very used to it. Oh, okay, okay, good. Yeah. Um, let's talk about your um, your fly shop in particular, because that's where you started out. And as you said, which is very, and I've been to Columbus. I used to do training there. I stayed in an old hotel downtown where there was mm -hmm. a shoe shine guy in the basement. I remember that. And he shined my shoes. And I thought mm -hmm. that was really interesting. I can't remember the name of the hotel, but it was like a historical hotel there. But, yeah, I didn't think of Columbus as a, you know, a place where there'd even be a fly shop. But how did you begin to engage the local community, you know, for your brick and mortar fly shop, because even back when you started, there was no internet. Uh, you couldn't advertise that way. So how did you get Correct. your business going? Well, um, take one step back and just let me address Columbus, Ohio. I mean, a lot of people, well, even still today, they shake their head and they wonder how Columbus, Ohio, and we're certainly not in a trout fishing mecca, they wonder how Columbus, Ohio could support a fly shop. And the fact of it is, is that this is what I've always said, is that, and, you know, I've got some very good friends. I mean, for example, Kelly Gallup is one of my closest friends. Uh -huh. um, and Kelly and I grew up fishing. We started fishing in 1990, as a matter of fact. And, you know, Kelly owns a fly shop, as you well know on the banks of the Madison River and what's there there's a lot of trout there's a heck of a lot of trout in the Madison River and you could go down the list of other friends of mine that own fly shops and destinations like that and certainly goodness gracious I absolutely love Kelly and again one of my closest friends but right now he's freezing his tail off in Montana <laughs> And there's no fishing, and there's no, there's hardly any business walking into the shop. But that point aside, the thing is that I've always said is that fish don't buy fly fishing equipment. Trout don't buy things. People do. And Columbus, Ohio is the 11th or 12th largest city in the United States. You put a fly shop where there's, or you put any business, if it's a restaurant or any business that relies on consumer dollars, you put it where there's people. And Columbus, Ohio is a thriving marketplace. It's a great place to live. The cost of living is low. There's all kinds of industry, and there's it's the capital. Of course, Ohio State is here, which is one of the largest universities. There's a lot of people here that have a lot of money and that like to spend money, and then they travel places so it was really the perfect place for business and then little did i know the internet was going to come on and you know as far as that goes i can ship packages from columbus ohio being somewhat centrally located in the u.s 
I can have packages in California in three days. I can have packages in Maine in two days. So centrally located, you know, there's a lot of people traveling through here. We get a lot of people that are traveling to Columbus for business. We have to just today at the shop, we had people from Seattle, we had people from Florida, we had people from New York in the shop that were traveling through on business or just visiting or what have you. And, you know, it's just really worked out wonderfully in Columbus. So, And not to mention, I won't bore you with this because I know we're not talking too much about fishing, but, you know, I do a, about a 45-minute program that I travel around to clubs where I talk about the fact that Columbus, Ohio, is actually the fly fishing mecca of the United States. We have more, if you draw a six-hour radius around Columbus, Ohio, I've got Michigan. I can be on the Asable in six, seven hours. I can be in central Pennsylvania. I can be in the Smoky Mountains. I can be, I've got Lake Erie. I've got Lake Ontario. I've got the Ohio River. There's no other place like Columbus, Ohio, if you draw a six-hour radius around us, as far as the fishing opportunities that are available to us. And different kinds, both warm water and cold water. That's correct. That's fast. correct. Yeah. Even I've uh, got, steelhead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've got okay. great steelhead fishing. I've got 43 different species of fish that are available to us wow. in the state of Ohio. Wow. And, yeah. And that we pretty much pursue most of them through our guide service and cater to them and carry the flies for them. So it's the perception. You have to dig a little bit deeper and really look at what, mm-hmm. where we are and what Ohio has to offer, and it's, it was really a perfect recipe. Now, we had to teach. Now, to go back to answer your question, we had to teach the local community about that. When we first started, people didn't know about the steelhead fishery that we had here. We had to teach them. They didn't know about the pike fishery that we have here. They didn't know about the muskie fishing that we have here in Ohio. So we had to learn it, we had to do it, and we had to teach the local community. And that's something that we're really proud of, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, no. And how did you do that? Was it Saturday you know, workshops or speaking at clubs or how did you do the outreach? Well, I would say all of the above. I mean, when we Mm -hmm. first started, it was originally we had a newsletter and then Mm -hmm. it was just uh, we would have uh, picture boards and things like that in the shop. We would have, uh, we had a printed newsletter that we sent out that told people about what we were doing. And then it wasn't too long, luckily, after we started, 96 or 97, that we started our website. And then the floodgates just opened. Once the Internet came along and we had a website, and then once we were able to start the online store, I think we were, the, we were actually the first online store in the fly fishing business. We actually got into the online selling game before Orvis. Mm. Um, we, wow. we had an online store before Orvis did. So we were really one of the first and somewhat of a pioneer. Now, we weren't, trust me, I wasn't very good at it <laughs> for, 
a number of years. It took a long time and a lot of mistakes and a lot of wasted money. Uh, but once again, if you just stick with it and you persevere, eventually you'll figure it out. Right, right. Well, and back when you started, there weren't, you know, there weren't a lot of people that actually knew what to do. I mean, I've been involved in computers since 1979, but, you know, the Internet didn't come around till the late 90s, and everybody was learning. There were no no experts at that time, you know, that right. you could hire. Nowadays, it's a different story. But, yeah, Correct. you had to learn it all on your own back then. Keith in Butler, Pennsylvania, I, I think we probably just answered that question for you, Keith, but I'll let Brian chime in here. He says, we're located in Ohio where there isn't a lot of trout water. Is the bulk of your business to warm water species? Is that true? I mean, you just opened up, you know, kind of uh, the world uh, as far as fly fishing yeah. goes. But, no, but is, is it- no, that's not the case, uh, Keith, because as I stated earlier, 96 percent of our business 96 comes through our website so we sell as much stuff in texas and california and colorado as we do in ohio Um, so from a business standpoint now we do actually have good trout fishing in the state of ohio we have three and a half trout streams the Mad River, which I named the shop after, which is where I cut my teeth guiding. The Mad River is a spring creek that has brown trout. We've got brown trout and rainbow trout in a clear fork. We've got rainbow trout in clear creek. Uh, we also have apple creek. And then, of course, the steelhead fishing here in Ohio. The steelhead fishing is huge business for us. We probably run somewhere around 250, 300 guide trips a year for steelhead so actually trout and uh, you know cold water fishing is still a, a huge part of our business but we also go to great lengths to focus on warm water fishing smallmouth fishing largemouth fishing carp of course you know we would kind of like to think of ourselves as some pioneers in the world of carp you know back in 2001 we released a VHS tape. That's how old we are. <laughs> old I am. But I did a VHS video at the time called Carpin, where we taught people how to catch carp on a fly rod. And, of course, we had our good friend Dave Whitlock to back us up in that video and uh, kind of legitimized it a little bit. And uh, eventually that went to DVD, and now you can view that for free on our YouTube channel because, of course, nobody buys DVDs anymore. But, I mean, and then muskie and pike and stripers, and we just have a plethora of also warm water fishing available. But, but no, we cater to everything, and we also do a ton of saltwater. I mean, that's, saltwater fishing is really my big passion. I grew up fishing in South Florida. I've been fishing in the Bahamas for almost 30 years. I fished New Orleans a lot for redfish, Belize. We do a ton of saltwater fishing as well. So that's also big business for us. And you wouldn't, a lot of people wouldn't equate a fly shop in Columbus, Ohio for being a saltwater shop. But if you go and look at, at our saltwater fly selection, I 
you would think we're in Central Florida. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you make me think about a number of things. One, the Internet opened up the world to yes. businesses everywhere. I, I mean, it doesn't matter whether you sell socks, you know, or food or fly fishing gear or whatever. Anybody can have a business in anywhere, in any part of the world, and do business. And, and the other thing that impressed me about what you've done is, you know, I work with people and, you know, saying, well, how can you 10x your business? Well, one is to not think about 2xing your business, but 10xing your business. And to 10x your business, you have to think in different ways. You know, you, you mm-hmm. have to kind of go into what some marketing people know about the Blue Ocean book. But, you know, you go into where people aren't and you, you do business. Cause, and as you grew, it sounds like you were at times in those Blue Ocean areas where you might have been the only one swimming out there at the time. And yet right. it was a new market. And then you thrived in it. And then you look for the next new market. And all of a sudden you've got, what did you say, 30s? two species of fish <laughs> that you're catering to, you know, in the in the area. And, and that's not counting the ones that aren't in the area, like, you know, salt. So, um, right. yeah, I mean, that's very impressive. But a lot, you know, when we look back over that to 1996, a lot has happened in those years in the way of marketing, sure. distribution, you know, sales in, in the fly fishing industry. Uh, mm-hmm. Even now, you know, some of the, People are questioning whether the industry shows that we've had over the years, you know, are they still needed Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. with Zoom and the Internet? And, you know, and, you know, I don't know what your take on that is, but um, the whole world's changed anyway. So I'm going to go off on a little rant there. But um, well, uh, let me chime in on that real quick. My, My take on that is very similar to what. If I could draw an analogy, I mean, I've been in the business now, what, 34, 35 years. Um, yeah, 34 years I've been in the fly fishing business. And so I've seen a lot of changes. I've seen it go up. I've seen it go down. And when the big box stores started getting involved and, mm. you know, and people were walking in mad with outfitters blowing taps. Oh my gosh, Cabela's is going to open up in Columbus. Well, that'll be the end of you, Brian. And then, mm-hmm. of course, I've I've had a good relationship with Orvis over the years, but of course, they opened a store within four miles of my shop, and people were coming in our store just blowing taps. Well, Orvis is going to put you out of business. Well, they didn't, and and then people said, "Well, the internet, the internet's going to put you out of business," and blah blah blah. I still believe in the mom and pop, and I call it the cheers mentality of retail. And it's the if you remember the old show Cheers, where everybody knows your name. Right. Uh, we still have a core group of people, some of which just traveled with me to Brazil last week. These are customers that have been friends. They've been customers. They've been, and again, friends. For 20, 25, 30 years, whatever it is, and when they walk in the shop, you know their name, you know what they've been up to, where they're going, and that mom and pop specialty retail, 
I believe is never going anywhere. And big box stores can't compete with us. The Internet, of course, we're a part of the Internet, but still the Internet's not going to kill us. The corporates are not going to kill us because we offer a customer service and we offer an experience that people cannot get elsewhere. Right, right. And when they call Matter of Outfitters or they email Matter of Outfitters, they hear from me or Andy or Pat or Ryan, and these are all people that have been working for us for 10, 12, 15, 20 years. They're upper level. They're, uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, equals to myself as far as their knowledge, their experience, their and you just can't duplicate that. You can't go to Cabela's or Bass Pro Shops or any of these other places. And for gosh sakes, I mean, this whole Amazon thing, I mean, that's just ridiculous. I hear people say they bought this on Amazon and then it broke and then they, they don't know what to do. They don't know who to call. They can't get any service. And they bought the wrong thing in the first place. And, yeah, yeah. and it's never going to replace the customer service and that cheers mentality of where everybody mm-hmm. knows your name and you're going to get good, honest advice. It's just not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Good point, good point. Gary Kaufman in North Carolina wrote in and he says, in creating your product lines, do you select for low, medium, and high-cost products to appeal to the broadest spectrum of customers or focus in on one price point? No, it's a matter of Outfitters is an equal opportunity shop. We welcome, we carry $59 fly rods, and I'll throw out a name, Cortland Fairplay, $59.95. And then, of course, we carry the top of the line. No, we welcome all people at Matter of Outfitters of any income level, of any race, any gender, any... um, no, we sell everything from the very cheap stuff, $45 fly reels, $59 fly rods, you know. No, we cater to everybody, and I think that's been one of the secrets to our success is we're not elitist, you know, heck, you know. I yeah. kind of made my claim to fame many years ago on carp fishing, so I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a snooty <laughs> elitist. But, no, we carry all price levels, all price spectrums in our product line. So, no, we are not a high-end shop. We're not a low-end shop. We cater to everybody. Everybody's got to start somewhere, right? I mean, I can guarantee you my first fly rod wasn't an $800 fly rod, you know? So, uh, well, and it, doesn't yeah. need, it doesn't need to be. I tell yeah. you, you know, we, I'll be in Florida next weekend. I'm teaching my buddy Flip Powell and I, we teach these schools together, and we actually teach them right in his driveway in Mims, Florida. And we always bring up the fact that, you know, that you don't have to spend $1,200 or $800 on a fly rod. The Cortland Fair Play fly rod at $59.95, and again, I don't mean it to be a commercial for Cortland, but it's a perfectly fine fly rod that will catch just as many fish 
as a $1,200 Scott or Sage or Orvis mm-hmm. rod. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it might not feel as great. It might not look as great. It might not last as long. I don't know. Yeah, we that were. Is- um, my last interview was with George Daniel, and I know you know George. And um, yes, uh, yes, I just he, I just finished reading his most recent his book, book. Yeah, by yeah. the way, and a really really well done. He's I really yeah. respect George. He's one of the most well-rounded anglers, especially when it comes to trout fishing. He is just, uh, quite frankly, he just runs circles around me as far as his <laughs> expertise, yeah. that's for sure. Um, and well, I really enjoyed that show. I listened to it actually the other night on the airplane coming home. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. 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 And for those of you who yeah, missed it, just go to our um, – just go to our uh, – menu and look under podcasts and you can uh, go look him up by name. And I think I've done three or four shows with him. Um, but he and I were talking about, I said, I made mention the other night, I said, if you give, you know, it's like a good caster or a good tennis player or nowadays a good pickleball player, if you give them the lowest end tool to use, they'll still catch fish, they'll still hit the ball hard, and they'll still, you know, make the play. And I think that's it's more important with what you can do with. Now, sure, you know, the, the finer the tool, the better work you can do, but a pro can do something with anything, I think, including a, a cane pole, <laughs> right? So, well, anyway, my, my, gra- yeah. my grandfather used to tell me all the time, he said, Brian, it's not the pen, it's the penmanship. There you go. Yeah, yeah, or the writer. Yeah, and well, listen. Uh, there was another question here, and Douglas Silver in Colorado wanted to know what overall margins you can expect running a fly shop, and how does that break down among various products like clothes, gear, flies, guiding. So uh, I don't know if Douglas is thinking about going into business or what, but uh, maybe you can answer him <laughs> kind of generally. Well, you know, you used the term earlier of the umbrella concept, mm-hmm. and it's funny you say that because that's what I've always said is that we have all these different aspects of the business. We have the retail store. We have the online store. We have the guide service. We have the travel business. We have the schools and classes that we run. And you're dealing with all different margins there. I mean, on some of the trips, to be honest with you, I don't make much money at all. Um, It's kind of a service that we offer. And, of course, we typically get to go on those trips, and I use that for training for employees to give them experience so they can offer better service to our customers. The class business at times can be very low margin. Clothing is typically pretty fairly high margin. And then sometimes tackle can be good. Tackle Sometimes tackle can be fairly low margin. And it also depends on how much money you spend. I mean, if you, know, if you spend uh, $10,000 a year with a vendor, you're going to get 20, 30, 40% margin, whatever it is. If you spend a lot of money with a vendor, you're going to get higher margins. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. In the case of Mad River Outfitters, I mean, certainly if you're thinking of going into business, you can contact those vendors, and they're going to send you their wholesale pricing and their structures, and you can figure that out. But it's, it all falls under the umbrella, and at the end of the year, is, 
as long as we turn a profit and we can pay the bills and pay our employees, then we'll consider it a success. But it just varies so much. And, and the guide service, you know, I mean, just to throw out a number there, I mean, you know, Mad River Outfitters makes 15% on a guide trip, uh, which is not very much. Right, um, yeah. But it's a service that we offer, and it all falls under that big umbrella of Matter for Outfitters. And at the end of the year, so far so good, we've been able to turn a pretty good profit. Yeah, and under that umbrella, all those businesses are working synergistically together. You've got, um, yes. you know, you give a lesson, that person turns into a customer, that person could turn into a Brazil trip, you know, you do a Brazil Correct. trip that can turn into a customer that orders a fly rod next year or on the next trip. I mean, it all works synergistically. So you've got those, all those incoming areas that all feed each other, you know, um, yep. Yep. you sell a Brazil, you sell a saltwater trip and you go, how's your casting doing? <laughs> Have you ever casted in the salt? Maybe you should take a few lessons before you go on a trip, right? You know, it's That's like, correct. it all works so well together. Yeah, yeah. No, um, well, like we said, it's the big umbrella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A um, couple of questions from Mac, Matt Rossett in Basalt, Colorado. He says, what's the top selling grossing product at the fly shop? What are the top two to three fly patterns that you sell in the shop? Oh, boy. The top grossing is probably uh, flies. We okay. sell a lot of flies. Uh, we sell somewhere around a million dollars, a million dollars in flies a year, which is quite a bit. And then, believe it or not, it's fly lines. That wears and, out too. <laughs> yeah, things that wear it, out, it, fly line, it, and, and things you lose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it, that's why well, I, I kind of never thought about it that way. But yeah, I mean, flies are kind of the fly fisher's passion. You're always looking for that new or next fly that's going to be the magic bullet. And, you know, it's kind of a, almost kind of a scam because as Lefty Cray taught us, you could trout fish with five basic trout flies anywhere mm -hmm. in the world and catch fish. But we keep coming up with new patterns and new patterns and new patterns. But the topic of fly lines, I think, is very interesting because when I first started, in the business. We probably sold 20 different models of fly lines. There was a weight forward, there was a bass bug taper, there was maybe a delicate taper for dry flies, and then there was a sinking line. And today, there are fly lines for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. There's fly, <laughs> lines. There's fly lines for warm yeah. water, for cold water, for salt yeah. water. For, there's fly lines that are one-weight heavy, two-weight heavy, three-weight heavy now. And then the sinking line game, when we first started selling lines, nobody bought sinking fly lines. And now, thanks to especially Kelly Gallup, and to a certain extent, our good friend Blaine Chocolate. And, you know, we sell almost as many sinking lines now as we do floating fly lines. Wow. And, and I yeah. think that's testament to how the industry has changed, the, um, the overall perception of how you fish has changed. 
So the fly lines is, and I don't know how many, I mean, I think we probably have half a million dollars worth of fly lines in our shop, and it is the number one category. We sell, it's just amazing to me how many fly lines we sell. Interesting, and, yeah. Yeah, it really is, and that's been, if you were to ask me what the biggest change in the industry has been, that's been it, is the advancement in fly lines and the, uh, you know, the specialty type lines that are available to these days have made a huge difference in the industry, in fishing, and in my business. Yeah, um, I certainly, so let me, uh, yeah, go ahead, answer his other let, question. Yeah. yeah, the other question about flies, well, for those that follow along with our YouTube channel, I don't know, it was probably about maybe nearly 20 years ago, but Kelly Gallup turned me on to a fly called the Swimmin' Jimmy. And he calls it the Swimmy Jimmy. I call it the Swimmin' Jimmy. But I've done, I don't know, 10 or 15 videos talking about that fly, how much I love that fly. That's by far our number one selling fly is the huh. Swimmin' Jimmy. Interesting. Uh, yeah, it's one of my favorite flies of all time. Back when I was guiding for largemouth bass, it was my number one producing fly. I catch trout on that fly. I catch smallmouth. I catch largemouth, stripers. It's just I've been I've developed a saltwater version of it. I mean, I tie the same fly just on a little heavier hook, and I catch redfish on that fly. And then probably. Uh, and then I would have to say Kelly Gallup f flies. Um, yeah. You know, back when Dreamers. back when yeah. I, yeah, back when I started, we used to have woolly buggers, matukas, black nose days, and Mickey fins. Maybe I don't know. And there was four rows of streamers, six rows of streamers, and now we have a whole section dedicated to Kelly Gallup articulated streamers. And mm -hmm. Kelly created an entire industry within our industry where we sell sinking lines and we sell articulated flies. And, I mean, Kelly single-handedly changed the industry. And then I'll also give certainly an honorable mention to Blaine Chocolate now, who's also a great friend. We do a lot of work with Blaine and film a lot of stuff with Blaine. But Blaine has now created the Game Changer platform, and the Game Changer style flies have also created an entire industry within an industry. So I would say the Blaine Chocolate, Kelly Gallup, and then throw in that Swim and Jimmy as the top. And that's where the money lies in our fly selections. Wow. Yeah, and those are all big flies. Yeah. Not the, yes, they not, are. The, not the pheasant tail or the hare's ear or things like that, right? Well, yeah, and I think that's further proof that the industry has changed. You know, it's not a world of atoms and pheasant tails anymore. It's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, people are throwing five- and six-inch game changers and triple-articulated Kelly Gallup-style flies. It's, it's a different world than when I started in this industry. Right, right. Listen, i got to take another quick break here, sure. and uh, then we'll jump right back in. 
And speaking of saltwater flies, <laughs> Enrico Puglisi flies pride themselves with creating unique and one-of-a-kind flies and fly tying material. Enrico has been experimenting with durable synthetic and natural materials to create flies that catch fish more than 30 years. His innovative products, including brushes, fibers, and components, have made a major impact on the direction of saltwater fly fishing, and his methods and materials are respected worldwide. Whether you want your flies hand-tied for you and you'd like to tie your own, be sure to visit Enrico Puglisi Flies and browse their online catalog. Visit epflies.com and do a little shopping today. Again, that's epflies.com. You're listening to Ask About Fly Fishing, Internet Radio, and we're talking with Brian about the lure of success. And if you'd like to ask Brian a question, just go to our homepage at askaboutflyfishing.com and uh, send us a question. I do see questions coming in, folks, about, you know, fishing, different fishing things. We're just not talking about that tonight. Maybe I can get Brian back on another night and uh, we can talk just fishing. But tonight we're talking the fly fishing business. So just wanted to give you a heads up out there. So, Brian, the e-commerce storm has been obviously very successful for you. Are there any strategies you've implemented, you know, to get a strong line, uh, strong online presence for your e-commerce shop? Anything special that you've done over the years? Or um, yes, I have uh, myself and our staff and a crew of outsiders. Um, the secret is that you have to work your tail off for. Well, let's see. We've been in the online business for about 23 years. <laughs> so, um, Beginning of the Internet. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you just a quick story. I mean, it was 2001, and I sat in my office, and I had a television in my office, and me and two or three other employees, we sat in my office, and we watched the two World Trade Centers collapsed on mm -hmm. September 11th of 2001. And I said, I said, guys, I said, this, things are going to get tough. This is not good, and things are going to get tough. And I said, we need to start, uh, we need to get into the online selling business right now. And it was that day or the next day that we started the process. Wow. And we've spent a ton of money. Um, we've worked uh, ridiculously hard. I mean, we work on the website six, eight hours a day. We've made a ton of mistakes. I've lost a lot of money. And, and then I've made more mistakes. And then if you're lucky enough to survive, then you learn from those mistakes, and eventually it starts to work and starts to happen. You know, I was very lucky to come across a web developer who's a great friend of mine, although we've never met in person, uh, but we talk <laughs> on the phone. We talk on the phone two or three times a week. I'm in Ohio. He's in Oregon. And he's a great developer, and he helps me with ideas that I have. And then we also have a company that quite frankly we pay them a lot of money every month and they kind of do all the search engine optimization to the SEO type stuff. So it wasn't until I realized in order to make money, you're going to have to spend a lot of money. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's maybe 
probably the best lesson I could teach anybody, whether you're into fly fishing or you want to sell whatever you want to sell online, you're going to have to spend a lot of money and you're going to have to spend a lot of time and a lot of effort and you're going to make a lot of mistakes. And like I said, if you're lucky enough to survive and get through it, I think eventually, but it just takes time. I mean, I, yeah. I see so many people that just think, oh, we're going to build a website, we're going to have an online store, and everything is going to be rosy, and we're going to make all this money, and it just doesn't work like that. Yeah, yeah. Does um, the platform that you have your e-commerce site on, is it one of the commercial platforms like Shopify or WooCommerce, or did you have that, you know, custom-coded so to speak. It's fairly custom coded, yeah. It's it's a actually somewhat outdated platform now, and it's I think we've been on the same platform now for about twelve or thirteen years, um, and it would be defunct if it were not for my friend in Oregon, Jesse, and he actually was one of the people that developed the platform, so he knows the ins and outs and has been mm. able to to modify it and write code and create all these different features that we have on the website. So if it weren't for him, I would be on WooCommerce or some of those others. But right now, right. Yeah. Uh, fingers crossed, everything's working well. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, thanks to him, we really think it's one of the most functional websites in the business. And I think most of the people that shop there feel the same. Do you do um, your own photography for your website, for products and so forth, or do you use manufacturers' photographs? I would, I would say about 50-50. Okay. You know, we do try to – there's some vendors. For example, Sims is very good. Uh, Howler Brothers is very good at providing images. Uh, but there's a lot of vendors that are not good at all at providing mm. images. So we do have to take photographs in-house. We have several folks on staff that are kind of specialized in photography. And so we do, in fact, uh, we photograph quite a few of the reels right here in our house. Right, <laughs> so, yeah, in your own yeah. little studio there, yeah. Cool, yeah. Cool. yeah. Um, I'm going to jump to, on our questions that I've sent to you here, I'm going to jump to the marketing area at the end because – I think that will interest a lot of the people out there that have businesses or are starting businesses. But I want to touch upon, you know, you have the guide services, you have the fly fishing school, and you have the travel. Did they all just kind of develop organically? Did you have a master plan that you were going to do all those things in addition to the shop? Or, like I said, did it grow organically as, as you went on? No, I mean, it was all in the original plan. Yeah, that okay. was the idea is that, you know, we were, of course, I didn't at the time in 1993, 94, envision the online business and never would I have guessed that 96% of our business would be online. In fact, um, and it was about 1995 or 96, thereabouts, people started coming in the shop and they started saying, hey, Brian, you're going to need a website. And they said, you know, I, I know how to build a website. I can help you. And I said, I don't need or want a website. I don't have, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have, I don't have time for it. 
and, and I said, uh, I remember saying implicitly, I remember saying to one fellow in particular, he was always pushing me. He said, man, you, you got to have a website. This is the way of the future. And I told him, I said, I don't need a website. And I said, trust me, the Internet is a passing fad. It will start. <laughs> It, uh -huh. will, it will fail. So, so what do you think about chat GPT? Yeah, don't ever listen to me. My, my predictions don't normally turn out well. Um, oh, okay, yeah. So yeah, but I learned, that, I learned no. that lesson really quick, and luckily I got off my high horse and uh, realized that uh, it was going to stick around and it was going to be the way of the future. Um, but the plan was always, yes, I always, I mean, we started uh, with a guide service. We started offering classes, and we started offering travel right out of the chute from day one. So oh, um, okay. those have always been a part. Now, it was about 10 years ago, we kind of separated the Midwest Fly Fishing Schools and gave it its own name. About six or eight years ago, we separated the guide service and, and gave it Ohio Fly Fishing Guides. But quite frankly, it's still all under that umbrella, like we've talked about. Mm -hmm. And we just created websites, MidwestFlyFishingSchools.com, OhioFlyFishingGuys.com. And that's just for further exposure and, quite frankly, for uh, search engine optimization and right. for Internet presence. Um, right, right. It's always been there, but it's grown along with all of the other aspects of the business. And they all kind of have their own. They all kind of have their own entities now within the um, the scope of Mad River Outfitters. But they all live under that umbrella, and they all feed the same machine. Okay. Um, what do you think? What digital marketing tactics do you think have proven most effective for your business, and why? Well, there's no question that our business changed with the YouTube channel. Okay. Absolutely no question. I mean, I think we're up to around 230,000 subscribers now. And this hands down, the YouTube channel launched Mad River Outfitters and everything that we do into orbit, so to speak. And by far, and, and then also, you know, we started, we always kind of dabbled in of course, I've been dabbling in video since the 90s. I mean, we had VHS tapes, and then we had DVDs, and then, of course, along comes YouTube. And we started, I think, in late 2017, we started filming stuff once or twice a week and kept building a library of instructional videos, product reviews, tutorials, documentary-style stuff, and then, quite frankly, uh, you know, I have to be careful what I say about this, but the pandemic was actually the best thing that ever happened to us because we had all these videos out there, and then everybody sat at home and watched videos, and we all know what happened with the outdoor industry during the pandemic. Everybody wanted to get outside and fly fishing or kayaking or bicycling all those things exploded and we were just in the perfect position and i don't know how many millions and millions of views our videos got during 
2020 and 2021, but it was uh, really astronomical, and it's just snowballed since. Yeah, that it's weird. And now we're going through a whole nother time that's we are. stressing a lot of businesses, you know, because, it is. yeah, mm-hmm. those COVID, I know in Colorado alone, they sold 70,000 more licenses than they did did the year before COVID, you know? Uh, right. Now, granted, that might, you know, they they, they, are, they may not keep fishing. It might have been just something to, to mess around with at the time. But, yeah, what you were saying is so totally true. But now it's not so easy online for a lot of people, you know? It's harder. Right. Um, yes. And to develop the following that you've established is incredible. But to start from today at zero and try to develop that, not so easily done. Yeah. Yeah. What about social media? Are you using social media much? Very, very much. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Facebook and Instagram are absolutely critical. Yeah. It's a synergistic thing that YouTube, I mean, they all kind of work together. You know, the YouTube channel feeds. Facebook and Instagram, and then Instagram and Facebook feed the YouTube channel, and it's a real synergistic thing that you have to, you know, and I see so many, and then also our blog to a certain extent, but they all work together and feed one another, but the secret Mm -hmm. of that is I see so many people that start uh, um, a YouTube channel or they start a social media page, and then you look at their social media page and they haven't posted in three weeks um, or two months or whatever. And that's not how it works. If you want to use those marketing tools, you have to – it's a full-time job. And the YouTube stuff is absolutely a full-time job. I mean, we post probably two to three videos per week. We're always filming. I kind of joke around that I can't wait to retire so that I can actually go fishing. Um, (laughs) Yeah, because I never get to go fishing anymore without a camera by it behind. Right. Yeah, and I have yeah. to I have to document everything that that I do. So it's I, I don't want to sound like a martyr. I mean I I'm very blessed. I live a a really charmed life for the most part. But still, there's always a camera behind me documenting everything that yeah. I do and darn near every fish that I catch because I have to. I mean, we have yeah. a staff. We have a staff of nearly 20 people that work for us, and I got to pay for the the lights and the heating and air conditioning and healthcare and everything. And it's it's a daily daily grind. Uh, yeah, that um, adds complexity. I've been watching. I got to watching this uh, this show called Alone. I don't know if you've uh-huh. heard of it or watched it, but it's have they done. put 10 people in the wilderness. And then they need to survive. And the last person that doesn't tap out wins a half a million dollars kind of thing. So they're out there with 10 items they're able to take besides their clothing, and they struggle. But the thing about the show is it's not like Survivor where there's a production crew there all the time. They Mm -hmm. have to film their own journey out in the wilderness. So so that adds a whole other complexity to – 
just surviving in the wilderness, you know? Mm -hmm. So I know what you're saying, you know, when you, and you have to think about that. Well, should I be pulling out the camera right now? I mean, should I capture this? Should I, yeah, it adds an, a whole other layer and a whole other job <laughs> to you having fun, you know? So I hear you. But the other thing I want to comment on is, is what you've talked about is omnipresence. You know, I talk about this with a lot of my clients is, you know, you need to be omnipresent. And that means Facebook, YouTube, you know, SEO, paid advertising, all these different channels. And the mm -hmm. more the people see your brand, the more they tie it together and the, the more business comes to you. But a lot of, I know because I talk to a lot of, you know, startups and uh, single guides and so forth that are trying to do their business. And it's tough for them to do all that stuff. Like you said, that's like a full-time job, you know. So it's not easily done, you know. You've you've got a lot of people working for you that can do that stuff, but in the early days, I'm sure it was even more work. Yeah, and there was a time where early on where I did most of it myself. But, but uh, once again, luckily, we've been successful enough that I've been able to I've been able to bring people on board, and now we have. Uh, full-time marketing manager and uh, Dev Fogel who works for us and Dev does Dev manages the YouTube channel I mean it's I mean I know a lot of people think that I probably do all the editing and all the blah 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 and, and I do none of it all mm -hmm. I do is all I do is sit down in front of the camera and he tells me what to do um, right, and, right but he manages the YouTube channel he manages our our Facebook, our Instagram, he manages, uh, you know, he manages all the marketing aspects of the company. Now, I certainly consult with him and talk with him daily, but he doesn't work in the shop, and I'll let you in on a secret. He has, he's never fly fished in his life. He has no interest in fly fishing. Um, <laughs> which, is, which, is, which is good, which is good because, <laughs> When we go on a trip, when I take him to wherever, when we go down and uh, go musky fishing with Blaine Chocolate or something, you know, the last thing I want is a guy that wants to pick up a rod and fish because mm -hmm. then he's not going to filming. So he has no interest in fishing. Uh, his sole interest is, is capturing the moment, putting together a good story that people are going to like, and then uh, sharing that on social media and like we said, cross-referencing with the YouTube channel. But the other thing that you mentioned, too, is also the search engine optimization. And that also is a full-time job. Right. right. And, and a, lot, a lot of people that get into the web business, they just build a website and throw it out there. We have a company. They're located out in California that we work with. And quite frankly, we pay them a lot of money, and they work on our website probably six to eight hours a day every day and they're always changing and updating and they're keeping up with google's algorithms which change every three or four months right. and when google changes an algorithm then you have to go back and change everything and i think we have something like 144,000 products on our website so when you imagine that you have to go in and change the wording or the keywords or the meta tags on 144,000 items, that in itself is a full-time job. So marketing these days, especially for a small business like ours, is it costs a lot of money, 
and it takes a lot of man hours, and you've got to be willing to do that. And I think in a lot of people's minds, uh, owning a fly shop, well, you just get to hang out in the fly shop all day and talk about fishing, and then you, <laughs> then you get to go fishing. That's just not reality. It's just not reality. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, time to wind things up here, but one final question from Doug Randall in Philadelphia. He says, how much luck is responsible for your success? I would probably say just like in fishing, um, luck is as big a part of it as skill. I would say in my case, as I told you early on, I spent a year and a half studying jazz guitar, and then and all of a sudden I became a business person. I have no business training. I have no, I'm not a smart guy. I don't know anything about, you know, business. So it's been, I would say it's 90% luck. And, well, it's, <laughs> it's hard work um, and it's dedication, but luck has a lot to do with it. And trust me, I've been very, very lucky over the years to have a lot of great people around me, and I've been very lucky that my mistakes didn't cost me everything because I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. Yeah, yeah. And That's in my, how you learn. And in my, in my career, not only in my life, but, you know, but uh, relating <laughs> yeah. to business, I've made a lot of mistakes in running Mad River Outfitters, and it's, I'm just very lucky that those mistakes didn't put me out of business, and, I, and then I was very lucky to be able to learn from those mistakes, and that's, uh, that's, that's luck. So. Well, you failed forward successfully. <laughs> that's <laughs> one way to put it, right? Exactly. I mean, that's, no, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. 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 There's no problem with failing at times uh, in business or life as long as you learn something and you move forward, you know. So it sounds like you've done an excellent job doing that. Well, i got to wrap things up here, Brian. We're out of time. We didn't even get to half the questions I wanted to ask, but uh, maybe we can have you back on the show, but we can talk fishing next time. So, I'd uh, love to. Yeah, yeah. Hang with me here for just a few more minutes while we do our giveaways and so forth. And when we return, we're going to give a one-year membership to Fly Fishers International away and a one-year membership to Trout Unlimited and, of course, your um, Mad River Outfitters hat and fly box. So um, everybody hang tight, and we'll do that in just a few minutes. The Bonefish and Tarpon Trust works very hard to safeguard the future of our beloved flax fisheries from protecting spawning sites threatened by unsustainable fishing pressure and to secure historic funding to restore Florida's Everglades and estuaries. Thanks to their members, they've expanded their conservation to the Bahamas, Belize, and Mexico. There's still much more work to be done, and they need your help. With your support, they can ensure that the flats fishery is healthy and sustainable now and for generations to come. Visit btt.org and become a member today of the Bonefish and Tarpon Trust. Again, that's btt.org and sign up to become a member of the Bonefish and Tarpon Trust today. Just a quick reminder to everyone, before you leave the website tonight, please take a minute and give us your feedback about the show. You can find our link on our homepage in the section under tonight's show. It says, what did you think of the show? Just click on that link, leave your comments. We'd really appreciate it. Well, now it's time to give away some prizes. Uh, the winners for our drawings are randomly selected from our show's registration database. If you didn't register for tonight's show, it's too late now, but make sure you do so for our next show so you don't miss out on your chance to some of the great prizes we give away. 
If you are one of the lucky winners, we'll contact you after the show and collect your information so we can deliver your prize to you. So first, we'll be giving away a one-year membership to Fly Fishers International. And uh, to learn more about FFI, go to flyfishersinternational.org, flyfishersinternational.org. If you don't win tonight, go there and join anyway. It's a great organization to support. And it looks like our winner there is Matthew Bento. Matthew Bento in, uh, I said Bento. See, I'm saying Spanish. It's Vento, maybe, <laughs> in Delaware. So, Matthew, whether it's Vento or Bento, you just won your membership to the uh, Fly Fishers International. So congrats for that. And now we'll give away a one-year membership to Trout Unlimited. Again, another great organization to support. To find out more about Trout Unlimited, go to tu.org, tu.org. And our uh, winner for that is Douglas Silver in Colorado, Douglas Silver in Colorado. So congratulations, uh, Douglas, and I know you'll enjoy your prize as well. So now we'll give away a Mad River Outfitters hat and fly box, courtesy of Mad River Outfitters. And to learn more about what Mad River Outfitters offers, go to madriveroutfitters.com. And uh, do a little shopping over there as well. So uh, I'm sure uh, Brian would appreciate that. Um, so the question is, let me clear my queue here. And I, again, sorry, folks, we didn't, uh, I didn't get to answer all these fishing questions, but another time for that. Okay, there, queue's cleared. And uh, the question is, what percentage of Brian's business is online? What percentage is Brian's business come from comes from online business? So let's see if uh, it takes a minute for this to get out there, Brian, because there's a little delay in the broadcast, and uh, they have to type, and they probably have to get their hands off the flight vice to do that. <laughs> I hear a lot of people listen to the show from. Uh, well, they're tying flies and so forth. So let's see what we get here. Uh, okay. We might have a winner here, the first one. 96%. Is that it, Brian? That's correct. That's it. Al Getz, Hastings, Nebraska. Hastings, Nebraska. Ah, I wonder what the fly fishing is like in Hastings, Nebraska. Anyway, Al, you just won yourself a Mad River Outfitters hat and fly box. I've got your email address here and your name. Send in the same box. You just answered the question. Send us your address so that Brian can send those uh, gifts out to you, those prizes, and we'll get those off to you right away. So um, thanks, uh, Al, for paying attention and listening in tonight. And uh, thanks for all the other people that are entering there. Lots of them coming in, 90%, 95%. Now the 96s are coming in, 50%. Whoa, way off, Bob. So anyway, thanks, everybody, for listening. I really appreciate that, and I, I know Brian did too. So, Brian, thank you so much for being on the show tonight with me. I know it's late out east, and, uh, and I know you're tired, but I know you'll recover too. You're, you're a survivor. <laughs> so so well, thanks for being with me tonight. It's been a real pleasure. I really appreciate you thinking of us and uh, thinking of Matter for Outfitters and myself. And uh, I've really enjoyed it, and I would love to come back and uh, love to talk fishing as well. Okay, we'll do that. Thanks, and uh, good night. <laughs>
Hopefully all of you have found the podcast archive on our website. If you haven't, just look for the link on the top line of our menu. In the archive, you'll find over 390 shows we've done over the years. Search by keyword like Trout, Tarpon, Madison River, Kelly Gallup, uh, Soon, Brian, and uh, you'll find shows that I, I'm sure you'll enjoy and pleasantly be surprised about what you'll learn as well. Our next broadcast will be February 7th at 7 p.m. Mountain, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And on that show, I'm going to interview Stephen Hawley. And our topic for the show will be Cracked, the Ugly Truth About Dams. Stephen is an environmental journalist, and he's revealed the ugly truth about dams. The estimated 800,000 dams in the world can't be blamed for destroying the Earth's entire biological inheritance, but they play an oversized role in that destruction. What started as an arguably good government project has drifted oceans away from that original virtuous intent. Join us to learn about the effect of dams have had on our planet and what the future of dams can be in our warming world. And if um, join us by just adding that to your calendar, you'll see a add to calendar link under his photo, and uh, you'll be all set for the next show. We'd like to thank Fly Fishers International, Trout Unlimited, Lease Ferry Anglers, an Ugly Bug Fly Shop, Enrico Puglisi Fly for sponsoring our show tonight. Don't forget to visit our website at askaboutflyfishing.com and make sure you sign up to receive our announcements so you don't miss out on any of our future broadcasts. Thanks for listening to Ask About Fly Fishing Internet Radio. We hope you enjoyed the show. That's it. Good night, everyone, and good fishing.